The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Have you ever suffered from, well, coughing, sneezing, when at first you were fine, eating the pasta, sleeping on that comforter, And then your relationship got a little imbalanced, and so did your allergies. Have you ever had wonderful sexual relationship with a partner, a mate, and then you realize that over time, you started getting more and more upset stomach, more and more problems with your digestion, even though you were eating the same food? And you're like, what is it? Am I got new food intolerances? If you've ever had problems with allergies and noticed that you are tolerating the person in the same way as you were having problems tolerating foods and chemicals around you, today's your day because we're going to discuss what am I allergic to? Is it the chemical? Is it the food? Or is it somebody else around me? In today's world, it's very common to see people looking for that thing they're allergic to. They make a ruthless examination. Is it the cat? Is it the dog? It goes. Is it the tomatoes? Is it the chocolate? It goes. They remove everything else. They get relief for a month or two, and then it comes back. And majority of the times, people are not thinking that they could have immune problems that are set off not just by something in their environment, but someone in their environment. Today's world is very common to see people removing things, but not looking at people that might be setting off their immune system. Today's show is going to change your life. It's going to teach you that we can have allergies or intolerances to food as much as we have people because our immune systems react to both. Today's show is about, am I allergic to my partner or the food? We're taking your calls, 
251-3555 from within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join the live show every Wednesday at this time, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And don't forget to leave comments on your podcast provider. So, everybody has that time in their life when they're loving, you know, that pasta, that new pasta they get at Whole Foods or at the local grocery store, and they love it, and then they love the new relationship they're in, and they keep eating the food, and they keep hanging out with that person. And next thing you know, they start getting, you know, respiratory problems, the runny nose, the coughing. And they go to someone and they say, have you checked? Maybe it's your food. But you always ate that kind of pasta. But you think it's that brand. You don't put it together that perhaps your immune system may be affected by the new relationship. You're not factoring that in. Whether it's rashes or itching an upset stomach, swelling, coughing, that weird sound in your lungs, sneezing, blisters, hives, runny eyes, runny nose, itchy nose, and so on. All of this is an immune system reaction. A medical intuition immune system is about feeling safety and security in the world. We have emotional intuition that's related to fear and we have medical intuition, which is related to body reactions. And both of them have a huge connection to our immune system. If we don't feel safe and secure, a lot of times our immune system will have the same hypervigilant, jumpy reaction. In fact, that makes sense. Our immune system is what, of course, protects us when we don't feel safe to something in our environment. Our cells get wound up and they start target, targeting what they feel is the offensive agent. They start a reaction with T helper cells, and they have to stop the reaction with T suppressor cells. They have memory. We also have a bunch of other cells that create the reaction, the blisters, the swelling, that's histamine, eosinophils. It brings water to the area and so on. It also makes us sleepy and have brain fog. And that can be part of allergies. It's very easy to think of something that comes into our body via inhaling and swallowing or sex. And it's easy for us to think of, oh, I can become allergic to it because it actually came into my body and I have a response to it. But we don't realize that actually we do have a chemical reaction to people. They release pheromones, hormones that influence us so much that it affects our cycles. It affects our own hormone levels. And the numbers of people in our life or lack thereof influence 
our immune system. If we stay away from people in general because we don't feel safe, because we've had so many intolerances, we're more likely to become even more allergic, more infections. And that's not good either. So many people realize that people who are excessively anxious, excessive allergies, the treatment is learning immune tolerance. They train their cells to learn to be effective around things in the world they feel dangerous of. And that's what they do now with people with, with peanuts who have peanut allergies since youth, even life-threatening allergies. They do the same thing with people who've had trauma or tragedy, who've had serious trauma from growing up. They teach them in a cognitive behavioral therapy called DBT. They teach them emotional tolerance, not to go back and you know sit on the lap of who abused them, but to learn how to manage panic and anxiety when they are in situations that remind them of when they were injured. The thing is, is that allergies are actually have a lot to do with memory, just like trauma. And that sometimes when you are in a situation which is reminiscent of a past trauma, you'll get anxious and it will trigger cortisol from your adrenal gland, which will trigger an immune change. An immune system, especially lymphocytes, how we have memory. Yep, memory. The work of Leonard Lachin in 1950 showed that when we have a loss of a loved one before the age of 18, someone in our family, you know, leaving us dying, that we have a fragile nature in our immune system, not at that time when they leave us, but when future people leave us. So you can imagine if you've had a tragedy and trauma growing up, your immune system is weaker and reminds you when you're in situations that similarly make you feel fragile. Thus, when you find yourself in a situation with eating the same thing, wearing the same clothing, with the same, with the same detergent, the same everything. You have to ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why is that? And you will find out that the reason is, is that your body is, has remembered that from the past. That this individual who's irritating you is reminiscent of someone in your past. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about, am I allergic to my partner or am I allergic to something? We're taking your calls, 818-251-3555. If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. So it's Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. We'll go to, to line 1. Julia, I'm Dr. Melissa. Yes. How can I be of help? Hello. Hi, hi. Uh, so I just wanted to sort of like get a scan of my body because I always feel tired and I'm not really sure why. Like I feel tired. I have brain fog. And, you know, I did a blood exam and nothing seems to be particularly strange, you know, in my blood. 
I had a little a low iron, so I, I, switch, I fixed that. But I'm still very, very tired. The first thing I see, Julia, how old are you? I'm 46. I see that a lot of times our sense of vitality in the world is like a light bulb in number of watts. It used to be the average light bulb was 100 watts. Like taking a test in school, we want to get 100%. And every question we get wrong, we miss something. Yeah. In medical school, there was an essay question on most exams. And unfortunately, the essay question was worth 50% of the exam, which was ridiculous because if you didn't get it, it made or break your life. The thing is that someone in your life was so important to you, they were like that 50% essay question that when it didn't work out, it broke your life. You lost, you lost half of your voltage. Somehow, this person was like the electric company for you. I can't figure out if this person left you at an important developmental stage in your life that made you feel good about your parents, better about your parents, better about your intellect, better about everything. And though you have a lot of other things going on for you, you're smart, you're intuitive, you're skilled. The loss of this person made you lose a network of people and since that time, it's like the essay question. You became dim, a light, like a light bulb, you lost 50% of your light. And since that time, mm -hmm. you have this nameless fatigue, a problem with initiation and motivation. It's like you failed, you failed the exam. Who do you live with, Julia? I live by myself. Mostly. Now, right now, I'm at my mother's house, but usually I'm, I live by myself. How long have you lived by yourself, but not with your mother? I lived by myself, not with my mother, uh, in a long time, since I was 18. And then I lived, I mean, but I, but I had roommates, I had, I had other people most of the time. Then I lived by myself, myself, since what was the relationship? What was the relationship tragedy? Well, maybe um, my father disappeared when I was about 15, like uh, we lost contact, and then he died in 2011. Wait a minute, how did your and father never disappear? Seen him. Back up, back up, back up. How did your father disappear? It sounds like, um, how did he disappear? Well, he just, he just moved out and, you know, just we didn't keep in touch. And then after about 20, 25 years, he died. So he left your mother and he left you? Yeah, my mother was wealthy, so it, didn't, it wasn't like a money thing. And since that time, your mother hasn't gone on with her life? Mm, no, she, she wouldn't have gone on with her life, but she didn't remarry. or she didn't My have point is, she, since he left her, her life has not moved well, on. Well, she, she wanted to get rid of him, too. I mean, she was no, she no, 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 no. Like pushing since, him out. No. Forget about that. Since he left her, how old was he? How old was she when he, he was, left? 
when he left, she was maybe my age now, sort of something like that. So you have a you have a you have an opportunity. You are at the age that your mother was when your father walked out. Mm-hmm. So you get an opportunity, but you have a problem. You have an opportunity to create a life at the age that your mother didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you didn't compute. I can feel it. It's like I hit a tennis ball against a mattress and it doesn't go anywhere. It just sinks into the mattress. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did it again. Yeah. You were at the age that your mother yeah. was when your father yeah. walked out. Yeah. And you have a capacity to get up and meet a partner. The problem is it's hard for you for two reasons. Because it put, puts you in a position to be your father. To be the second person that allegedly walks out on your mother. Mm-hmm. Another tennis ball against the mattress. Well, I'm not that close to her. You know, I live in America. She's in Italy. So it's not like I would feel like I walk out, you know, away from her. But sometimes, I, but you are because you're living a parallel life. Oh, Okay. So sort of like metaphorically, because because I do something with my life. Okay. No, no, no. It's parallel in that. When was the last significant relationship you had? Oh, I had a relationship maybe like a year and a half ago. It wasn't that significant though. No. When was the last? No, no, no. no. When was the last last time you had a significant relationship? Significant, I would say, probably ended in 2010, almost nine years ago. Have you ever been married? Never. That's my point. It's been hard for you to commit to someone. You intimate because your father walked out. Mm-hmm. So since your mother was left by your father, on some level, you haven't been able, like her, to commit to someone new. And you get an opportunity okay. to do that now. I look at your, you have everything else. I look at your head. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see only a mild capacity to make antibodies against your thyroid. I look at your heart. And I know what you're asking. Some people are going to ask, well, does that matter? Oh, my God. Does that mean that you will... You have to get married to have a good life. And the answer is no. No, you don't. No, of course. Mm -hmm. Because marriage is half of the second chakra. It's worth 7%. Yeah. The key key is, is it's different. Because in many ways, you're like a conjoined twin with your mother. You became joined with her in this tragedy. And your identity, even though so much of your life works you put that fundamental developmental stage on hold in many ways on purpose almost in allegiance to your mother i look at your heart mm-hmm. hold on i look at your left lung right lung left breast right breast 
esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. That's where it is. I see a red dotted pattern where your esophagus and stomach come together. I can't figure out that's excess acid, excess bacteria. I see a capacity for abdominal distension and bloating. At one time in your life, if not others, you seem to have a body image issue. You work very hard to stay yeah. the same weight. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You stay very hard to stay the same weight. That complicates this. I, I look at your uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a change in range of motion in your right ankle. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Well, it's just this feeling tired and, and brain fog, you know? How, how tall are you? 176. One meter, 76. Five eight. Five eight. And how much do you weigh? Uh, 69 kilos. That's about 148. When did you have trouble with weight? I passed like 10 years, I would say. I lose weight, I gain weight, I lose weight, I gain weight. That is significant. In medical intuition, you are a Mnuchin child. There's something about the problem between you, your mother, and your father that you carried it in your body. And that in itself, in many ways, the frozen area in your life is about men and that you can't commit. And it's almost like there's a lodge ship stuck in the harbor and you can't have fun truly because that is stuck. It's not that you can't get married. It's not that marriage in itself can't make you happy it's that that issue in its stuck nature makes everything else stuck do you have brothers and sisters no. are you there no i'm here yes of course do you Hello? have brothers and sisters no i don't so you're the only child Let me tell you, give me some situations. Let me tell you what you need to do. Yeah. I want you to, number one, work with an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist on liver meridian and spleen meridian. Because there's something liver about... Liver and spleen. Spleen. There's something about your weight going up and down, up and down, up and down that makes it hard for you once you get closer to perimenopause to stay the same weight. The yo-yo dieting going up and down is ultimately going to mess up your metabolism, both your adrenal gland insulin, your stomach receptors for ghrelin, and your thyroid, T3. T3. Do you understand? I want to make yeah, sure yeah. you aerobically exercise every day for half an hour, but not more. If you exercise too much, it's actually going to slow down your metabolism. Are you following me? Then yeah. I want you to work with someone who does cognitive behavioral therapy on the thought, the thought patterns of why marriage would make you feel guilty for your mother. Mm. Why marriage, not that you feel it, but what parts of you may feel guilty. 
because it's reasonable that anybody who's a single, the only child where a father walked out, would it would be painful for them to want to get married because they would be feeling they would abandon their mother. So in that yeah, sense, she pushed him away. Uh, she pushed him away. Kanai doesn't matter. She pushed him away, and I don't yeah. see her uh, pulling like she anybody else. Very happy when he walked out. Can, yeah, can I, I tell bad, you? But, you see, this yeah. is the mystique. I know you have a mystique. She pushed him out, but I noticed, just like getting rid of a car after an accident, I don't see her driving any new car soon. Yeah. yeah. She gave up her license. Yeah. And yeah, guess yeah, who did. drives her emotionally? You. That happens an awful lot in cultures. In Latina, in um, Mediterranean cultures, if a parent at a very early age gets widowed or divorced, if it's an only child, that child is automatically assumed to give up their life to help that parent. Whether they're Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, Mexican, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because it's automatically assumed you have to be there. And if you do get married, that parent moves in with you when you get married. Do you get it? Yeah. So there's a problem here. And you're going to tell me you don't feel guilty, but in some level... Your body is acting like it is, and guilt is third center, it's weight. Everything else about your life works, but the fatigue is not that you are having trouble moving forward. It's that you're stuck in revving your engine. Good luck. You take it easy, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you Thank very you. much. Bye-bye. Um, we Bye-bye. will go to line two, Karen. I am Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? And we have one minute before the break. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Um, Well, I have been plagued with ringing in my ears for a long time. Um, And sometimes I feel like I've learned how to just ignore it. And I don't know whether it's the stress of the pandemic going on right now, but it seems to be really getting very troublesome again and, and grabbing my attention a lot more. Um, Karen, so, how old are you? I'm, I'm 55. And this has been going on for how long? Um, well, it came on after the birth of my son and I was 29 at the time. Okay. So a long time. So I want you first, we're going to go to the break in a few minutes, but I want you to think in terms of that our, our frequently our brain and our bodies get rewired after an event. We lose something in one sense, but we gain an intuitive mystical sense, okay? So that's my music. You know what that means. We gotta go to break, but stay with us as we talk about, am I allergic to my partner or something else? You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show has been dedicated to the issue of immune system problems. And we learned that we can be intolerant of things like ragweed, foods like wheat, but also people. And that both both situations can trigger our immune system response when we don't feel safe and secure and something's underlying a situation. We will go to Karen, line two. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. So, Karen, the first thing I see... is a family. Families are supposed to make us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of belonging. And the very act of getting pregnant and having a child involves having family support. First a spouse and then a family. And in fact, when we do get pregnant, it involves us having to turn off our immune system. Like working on the electricity, the wiring in our house, we have to turn off the electricity for a while so they can fool with the wires. For a woman to get pregnant, her immune system has to be shut up, shut off for a period of time for her body to allow the baby to implant in her uterus. And then her immune system gets put back on. And so a lot of times a person get immune or autoimmune or other health problems because her body is being taken over by somebody else. Somebody else is moving into her life that at times may feel like they're invading her life, but someone that she absolutely loves. And to do that, she needs a lot of support. The first thing I see when that happened was in some level, even though you have a great capacity to see something and think it's wonderful, on another level it wasn't, that something was standing away in the way of you getting support from someone. They were distant, removed, And I can't figure out if it had to do with their work, had to do with other people, whatever it was, it involved you not wanting to really, really acknowledge it. So just like saying, hear no evil, feel no evil, you didn't want to see it. What went on when you had your child? What was going on in your family? Um, Well... I had relocated with my then husband across the country, um, so Wait I had no family. How long ago? Yeah. How long ago was this? It was a long time. It was twenty. My son's twenty-six. So, so you was, relocated. Uh, you relocated first chakra. Mm-hmm. You changed your lo- living location across the mm-hmm. country to mm-hmm. be where? Uh, Texas, to where my husband was working, and I gave up my job to when I moved. So really, what we're talking about here is he became walled off, removed in his work. Yeah. And you didn't know anybody there. You had no support. Pretty much, yeah. And you didn't have a say about it, really, because you were pregnant and you had a child. Right. Which ear is it, your left or your right? 
Well, honestly, for for the most part, it seems to be I sense it in both ears. But right now, my right ear is the one that's creating havoc and seems to be like on high alert, I would say. Why do you say that? Because that's kind of the, you know, I think about that postpartum time and that's kind of how I felt. Like my life is, I'm on high alert. I was, I had the responsibility for, he was colicky. I had responsibility for him. And my husband uh, traveled about 30 miles to go to work every day. So he had to leave really early and would come home rather late. And I also started having some other, I had symptoms of uh, postpartum depression, but also undiagnosed thyroiditis was going on. I, I dropped all my pregnancy weight within two weeks after my son was born. So my whole, I felt like my whole life was sort of leaving, spinning out of control. Yeah. Your whole life came for your son and for your husband and you lost you. You have foreign invaders, but you didn't have you. Your life got invaded. Can you hear me? Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, the reason why this is important is how soon did that work out before you got a divorce? We stayed married uh, 20, I've been divorced for five years. So we, we were married about 20, on paper anyway, about 22, 23 years. But you gave up your life for a life for your son and your husband. Your problems with families feeling safe and secure and giving you a sense of belonging. Like orange juice, when we squeeze orange juice, sometimes we get frozen concentrate. And then we got to reconstitute it in a a pail of water so we can get orange juice again. Were you able to reconstitute your life after you were essentially pulp? (laughs) Um, You know, that's a good question because I feel still like even at age 55, almost 56, that I'm still figuring that out. No, no, there's uh, no figuring. No, 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 no. Okay. Is ears, ears, eyes. Sometimes when we get caught in trauma, we need to learn first behavioral that when we get stuck in the feeling loop, our feelings are just that. They're feelings, they're emotions. Yeah. And it prevents us from getting out of a feeling loop. When I lived in Boston, I was doing my residencies. And there was a place in Revere, a rotary, believe it or not. And I get so wound up. And on my way home, I go through a rotary in Revere. And as you know, in a rotary, you either go around and around, but eventually you have to get out of the rotary. Mm -hmm. And it involves taking a risk. You have to get in that right-hand lane and... You could get creamed by traffic and eventually get out of the rotary, stop going around and around in circles. The problem is, is one night I remembered I just kept going around and around the rotary. (laughs) It just felt fun in the car. And then I realized, you know what? You're going to stop doing this. Number one, you're not getting anywhere. And number two, it really shows you're wound up. And number three, it's because I, I was wound up, but B, I just was so nervous i just didn't want to take a right and risk getting cut off by traffic and having a collision so the point mm-hmm. is, is that's really where you are right now you're stuck and going around and around in rotary 
of emotions. You kept saying, well, I don't, I just feel, I just feel, I just feel. And the fact is, of course you feel. You're going around a feeling rotary. You have to stop. Your child's grown up. You're no longer married. And the answer is, you're going to feel. You're going to go and you're going to may still get ring in your ears. No one's ever died of ringing in your ears. It's pain. It's a pain syndrome. And in many ways, no one's ever died of pain. You can go to work, any work, and have ringing in the ears, or you can stay at home and have ringing in your ears. The fact remains, if you go to work and you have it ringing in your ears, at least you're moving forward, you're out of the rotary, and you're making money, and you'll feel better about yourself. Chances are you have anxiety and emotions in the rotary and ringing in your ears. That's fine. You're going to learn cognitive behavioral therapy for anxiety. You're going to learn to augment serotonin, if you're not already, with supplements, medicines, or whatever. You're going to augment it. You're going to go to a speech and language pathologist, and you're going to say, but I already did that. But you didn't do it with the cognitive behavioral therapy, or DBT, and the serotonin to manage the anxiety. Then you're going to go to an acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist, and you're going to have them work with your spleen meridian and liver, because liver rules the ears, because part of you is angry. Angry that, oh, I don't know, you gave up your life, and I don't know who you're angry at, but it doesn't matter, really. It's a feeling, and the feelings are in the past, and now is your life. And I don't know if you injured your liver. What's interesting is I can't figure out if your phone is so high or my phone is so high. But as soon as I got on the phone with you, my ears hurt so badly because its, it's volume is so high or whatever. The thing is, it hurts. And I tried to turn the volume down. But ultimately, you can't turn the volume down of the truth of your life, which is you can't move forward, even though your husband has and your son has. Feelings, the word in Latin or whatever, it's Greek, I don't know, it's, it's usually Greek or Latin, let's just face it, means to move, to create movement. And if we don't, in Chinese medicine, it creates pain, stuck chi. So you're going to have to move. And either way, your ears are going to hurt. Do you understand? Yeah, I mean, I do have a career and I am working what is it? What is your career? Uh, I'm a therapist in a substance abuse treatment program for women. Are you happy? Mm, not really. Okay, so that means it's not your career. Mm-hmm. You're you're unhappy. What yeah. were you doing? What were you doing before you had a kid? Well, I was also a counselor, but I worked with kids. I was in a school. And you were happy. And I, yeah, I enjoyed that. So that was your career. You gave it up and did this thing. Mm-hmm. Why did you, I, you notice I say this thing. Why? <laughs> do you understand? So, for example, yeah. I could quit this. And if I was still practicing, I could work in substance abuse and fill out methadone prescriptions. Would mm-hmm. you say, and if you said to me, if you were doing this reading, you'd say you need to get work and get a career. And I'd say, but I have a career. And you'd say, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. See? Mm-hmm. It's a job. It's not a career. 
Did you have right. to take it to pay your bills after the divorce? Yes. That's it. That's why. Because you took a job mm-hmm. to support yourself, not get back mm-hmm. in your career. And I might add, did you get a bum settlement when you got your divorce? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, I... Well, let me I think he's doing way. quite well, but yeah. Okay. He's doing quite well. Is he doing better than yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Like, but he, he built his career all, the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely so doing better is, than I am. Is he built, if he built his career the whole time, then that's half. That's cutting all your assets in half. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is marriage enriched him, enriched your son, but it didn't enrich you. It put you back. Yeah. So he has a career. You have a, wait for it, job. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. You're not happy about it. You got to get yourself not to back where you started, but just back to what you love. Right. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. And then whatever you take from a living meridian will help you. But I bet you. It also involves not just psychotherapy, but intuition. When you lose a sense that involves hearing, sight, or something like that, you gain another perception. Hmm. Especially during a key event like childbirth. Are you following Hmm. me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. So people in childbirth who have strokes or some early brain thing like that, it almost always involves acquiring a savant ability. That you may or may not know you have. Okay. Good luck. You take it easy, okay? You're All nice right. Person. Thank you. Bye bye now. Okay. Thank you. We will go to line three. Brooke, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Well, I actually think I may be allergic to a human being. And finally, finally, we get to an allergy question. Let me look at your reading, okay? The first yeah. thing I see is an irritation in your system. And yeah. there is a true irritation in your system. But it's not just the person. It's the person and the place. It both begins with P. There's something in the air, A-I-R. But if I was in Rhode Island, I'd go air, okay? <laughs> right. I'm on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, so I'd say air. Air, okay, there's something in the air that genuinely could elicit an immune reaction. And that if you got an immune test, they go, yeah, you're allergic, or however they say it in Mississippi or whatever. I have, and they said I'm not. I've done a lot of things. (laughs) I understand. However, my point is there's something that irritates it. However, however, the presence of this person is like adjuvant. I actually have ha- had, the, believe it or not, the opportunity to make a vaccine. I've worked in infectious disease. And the way you make a vaccine is you get an antibody. And in, in my case, it was Tagonorrhea. Don't ask, it was a job. These are the last reading. And you take an antigen that's on the outside of whatever you're trying to get rid of. In my case, it was gonorrhea. (laughs) The other case right now is COVID. So you took like the monogram of gonorrhea or COVID, and then you put it in something called adjuvant. 
which mm-hmm. is what they used to be worried about with HIV, um, with autism. They used to call it thermosol, and they got rid of thermosol because it had mercury or something. But adjuvant is like water or orange juice when you reconstitute it, but it's like some fluid, and it has something that augments it, augments the response, buffs it up. You know what I mean? Like battery fluid. There's yeah. something about this person that takes your sensitivity to something in the environment, which is why it probably didn't show up on the test, and boosts it, puts it on steroids, like what people take to get strong when they exercise, anabolic steroids. There's something about right. this person that is passive, but likes to be in charge, and they're ineffective. I can't figure out what this person is. It's the kind of person when you walk into a room, there's dirty socks on the floor and they don't pick them up. There's a passivity and the neglectfulness of this person that's annoying and it wears on you. And then when you ask them, it's passively aggressive. When you ask them, why didn't you pick up those socks? I didn't see them. But if there was a $20 bill there, they'd see it. Who Mm -hmm. is this person? Um, my husband, my stepdaughter, my two-year-old. No, let's stop at the husband and the stepdaughter. How old is the stepdaughter? She'll be 15 in October. How long have you lived with your husband and the stepdaughter? Um, 10 years. That's an issue. Because they call that a dyad or conjoined twins. Him alone is not a problem. And perhaps she alone you could contain. But the two of them is an adjuvant. They add annoyance. And then the coupling that does not make you feel safe and secure in your own home. And that increases your chance during a, a certain hormonal time. What is that? Is that a baby? That's my two-year-old. Oh, well, she can't help it, so we're not going to kick her off the radio show. The point of the matter is she's not the problem. You can highly blame her because she's not doing it intentionally. But the other people are kind of doing it as a way of controlling the territory or actually intentionally being an irritant. The baby isn't doing it. The baby's just being a baby. Did you get it? Right. Right. And I love him with all my heart. I know, but this is, you've got to do something because in a way, they are encouraging a change in the home. That won't work, probably. That will get me kicked off of Unity Online Radio. You can't pass that kid on anybody? I look at your head. I see pressure in your head area. I can't figure out. Wait a minute. Don't say anything. You have migraines. You're giving me migraines right now. I'm getting a big migraine. And then my ears hurt from the last lady. So if I do that radio show for more than five more minutes, I'm going to be a wreck. I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize. That's what the life of a medical intuitive is. I look at pressure, especially behind one eye. I look, and it gets worse with the hormones. In Chinese medicine, the headaches can get triggered by various allergies, especially inhalants. But it also can get triggered by hormones, estrogen and progesterone. In Chinese medicine, that's liver meridian. But third chakra... If you carry responsibility in the house that other people should, the frustration and anger you feel that you swallow will go to your adrenal gland. It will make you take whatever body fat you do have. It will create 
more cortisol, which will make you have worse allergies, but it'll also make you gain weight, have more body fat, which will mess up your estrogen and make you have worse headaches. Do you understand? I do. Is that why I am having constant vomiting and diarrhea and I've done a complete elimination diet that I've done? Pure liquid diets, I've done everything they ask, and they can't find anything wrong. I've had an upper and lower GI, I had the fatty liver test, I had a gallbladder test, I looked at my pancreas, and it doesn't matter what I eat or drink, I will throw it up. Okay, let me ask you, so that third chakra has to do with self-esteem responsibility. Um, Oh yeah, all of it. (laughs) How much work around the house does that 15-year-old do? Zip, zero, none. She is not made to do any chores. And when I ask and she does attempt it, she does it in the worst way possible so that I just have to go back and do it again. Okay. So this is what you're going to do. Okay. You're going to get someone who is your coach. Okay. That is going to be your support person. And they're going to help you go on strike. And they're going to help you have what I call hysterical paralysis of the upper extremities. Do you know what that means? <laughs> You're not going to be I able to move. My sister developed that, which made me acquire the ability to do all the housework when I was growing up, the cooking, the cleaning. You know what I mean? I'm talking about right. waxing the floor and stripping it. And it helped me get, pay my way through school, but it was a bit much. So what you do is you go, you, you develop this incredible Binocular hysterical blindness. You simply cannot see any dirt on the floor. And your hands do not move. And you cannot do laundry or any cleaning. You can only take care of that two-year-old baby. That's the only area where your limbs tend to work and your eyes work. You understand? Your hands work. Only area. Everywhere else, you are neurologically 100% disabled. Do you get it? I do. And that means that the house will accumulate at least two feet of detritus on the floor. Yes, it will. You're going to have that coach teach you distress tolerance so that you're going to learn to wade through all that crap. And you're going to get your clothes cleaned by somebody else, your friend, during the strike. And sooner or later, the two people are going to fight who are left. Your husband is going to fight with the daughter because he's going to want the next available pair of ovaries to do the work. Mm-hmm. And guess who that's going to be? Mm. If you, but you have to hold out. Do you understand? I Every once in a while, we see on the news some woman does this, and they show the they they show the laundry, <laughs> the garbage, piling up outside, and the camera crews, and they say, "Ma'am." We have uh, a crew outside, and we hear that you are on strike. And she says, yes. And why are you on strike? Because my children are pigs. <laughs> you hear the whole thing, and it's on the evening news. And they'll because say, that's my all that. It's the 1950s, and I should be able to run that's a business. That's it. But so, that, my house and my child. And make as God is my witness, that was the same thing. I used to ask, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to get up if my father wants butter? Why do I have to get up and get it when his legs work? It was not, this was not well received. And my mother would say, because he's a man and you're a woman and women get up and get the butter. And then I said, well, how come I have to do all the vacuum and the cleaning and the dishes and all that? I also did cooking and mixed bars, but we're not going to go there. And she would say, because that's women's work. 
and I and your father takes out the garbage and cuts the lawn. So when I went to college, guess what happened when I came home? I saw my father vacuuming. So I inquired if something had changed. Did hell freeze over? And I was told to right. shut. <laughs> and she said because I she didn't have time to do it. And that's called necessity is the mother of invention. So when you don't do it, it's going to get done. And guess what's going to happen to those allergies? You're going to get a lot better. But you know what's going to be interesting? Because all of that detritus and dirt and grime is going to be on your house building up. It's going to be very interesting about those environmental allergies. They're not going to get bad because you're going to be filled with joy because you're going to see your husband aggravated at his daughter because finally she's going to learn how to clean because they will not be conspiring against you. You're not the maid of the house because really your problems are first chakra and third. Third is self-esteem responsibility and you're being demoted. Your position has been demoted from wife and mother to hand servant and that's not okay and it's not teaching that daughter anything. Do you understand? There's no such, yeah. there's no, nothing wrong with women wanting to be in that role. There really isn't. What's wrong is that a daughter doesn't have to do certain things that the woman does. And it's bad enough when a stepdaughter and a stepmother and a husband, there's a weird dynamic and it cannot be. It's incestuous. Do you get it? That's I the do. headache and that's the anger. And that will ruin your marriage because it'll make you enmeshed with your child and it'll make that child have hard, difficult relationships when they grow up. Because they're going to need to leave you, and they're going to have a hard time. And you don't want and that for that child, right? I don't want him to be entangled. No, with you me. want him to get married and leave you. He's right. not going to want to do that. I know. So I want you to get help doing that, and I think you'll feel a lot better. Consider passion flower and lemon balm as well, okay? Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.